Welcome to iLogic Media and the UFC 264 preview. I've gave up. I've given up on giving us a name. We're just going to be <laughs> the UFC preview show. Every every time every name I put out there, UFC already owns. Fight night, fight versus fight. UFC preview show. That'll work. That'll work. That'll work. With yeah. Andrew Howard and Randall Cunningham. Andrew. Man, we got to watch the last pay-per-view together. It was a lot of fun. It would been a uh, been a minute since we actually got to see a pay-per-view together. Yeah, I know, man. We always preview them. We never watch them together. So that was pretty cool. That was a lot so, of fun. Yeah, love. Lo I, I almost had more fun with Jax than I did with the fight. Jax Andrews, uh, uh, is he three or four now? He's three. Uh, yeah. Son and Andrew... I love the boy. If there's a boy in this world, that uh, Jackson Howard is a boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, you uh, go ahead go and ahead. start recapping '63 and what went down. Yeah, let's start there. That's kind of my lead in. Um, first of all, let's start. Where do you want to start? Start with the fight you want to start with. Uh, let's start with Diaz, Leon Edwards. We'll just go in order of the way it actually happened. All right. So yeah, yeah. Diaz. Five rounder. Yeah, it was a five-rounder. It wasn't a title fight. wasn't even a co-main, uh, which was cool, though. And that, and that played to Diaz's advantage that it went five rounds because that's when he actually showed up was the last two minutes of the fifth round. Right. Uh, I, I kind of feel bad for Leon because I think he put on a clinic. And I think he put on a heck of a performance. And he, he just dominated, you know, for pretty much four and a half rounds. And credit to Diaz, you know, Edwards couldn't put him away, and Diaz came on really strong in those last two minutes and wobbled uh, Edwards, you know, there in the corner. That was really impressive, but um, he just couldn't quite finish him, and he kind of taunted him a little bit. And I, you know, you remember you were at the house. Everybody was screaming to get in there and finish him, and uh, if, if he would have finished Leon Edwards in the last two minutes of the fifth round after being dominated for four and a half rounds, that would have been historical, but uh, it was a great fight, though. Props to both guys. Uh, but you got to give credit to Leon, man. He did what he had to do. The only problem was those last two minutes with him getting rocked, uh, you know, and wobbled and almost finished probably cost him a title shot because Dana White said it's 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 going to be Colby versus Usman instead of Edwards. So I I agree with you. I mean, let, let me let me go. I'm the guy that was rooting for Leon Edwards. I mean, I, and I even had a bet on him. So, uh, yeah. And I'm not much of a D. I, I don't know why, but I, the Diaz family just are not my cup of tea. Yeah. You either love him or you hate him. Yeah. And I, I felt know. like Leon dominated that fight. And it was a, a now give the Diaz brothers, both of them, credit for being tough. Yeah. He just catches him almost with a lucky punch. And almost rewrote history because of it. Yeah, um, yeah, because he would have got the title shot. In fact, Usman's camp was pulling for Diaz because they knew how much of a money fight that was. Nate Diaz and Usman would have sold some major tickets. You know, now don't get me excited. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm excited about Colby and Usman with a rematch because Colby has given him the best fight out of anybody so far. That fight was tied two rounds apiece going into the fifth before Usman finished him. So that's going to be a good matchup. But um, Nate and Usman would have sold a lot of tickets and got a lot of hype. But, again, props to Leon, man. You can't take anything away from the guy. He put on a heck of a performance for four rounds, and I feel bad he's not being talked about 
I think what might play out, and this is just my guess, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but the winner of the Gilbert Burns uh, Wonder Boy Thompson fight, I think they should match them up with Leon. And then you got your number one contender after that um, against the winner of Usman Covington. Uh, so I don't know. That, that That's what I think should happen. So before we move on, let me let me just throw my thought in there that I believe Leon Edwards might be the best fighter in that division, but the most unpopular fighter in that division too. He yeah. just doesn't grab eyes like yeah. Usman or even Gilbert Burns, you know, or right. – Wonder Boy, or you know, he just doesn't grab eyes. So yeah, he's going to have to. Um, that was the signature biz victory, and it slipped through his fingers. Yeah, nothing yeah. left to say. If if you take away the last two minutes, then I think he he might have gotten the title shot. But because of that, I don't know. The perception kind of turned against him a little bit. Uh, fair or unfair? I think he's a heck of a fighter. I agree with you. I think he's. He doesn't turn turn the dial, as, as Dana White would say, uh, for some fans. They don't get really excited about him. Now, I don't think that's fair because I think he's a great fighter. But, you know, that whole crowd was pro-Diaz. I mean, they were going berserk when, you know, those last few minutes. Even in your house, it was. Yeah, yeah, everybody was standing up cheering. And I'm not even a Nate Diaz fan. Even remember Shaggy, he was standing up going crazy. And he doesn't like Diaz at all. It was just the. The fact that he might have the come moment. back and won. Yeah, the moment. You know, that's what makes again, the sport so exciting. Yeah. Again, I had money on it. I'm not rooting against myself anytime. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. The next fight was, lack of a better word, I thought it was a mid-major upset. Or Yeah, I agree uh, with you. I Brandon do. Moreno takes Davidson Figueredo out impressively. Yeah. He put on a clinic, man. He, he took his back several times before he finished him with a rear naked choke. And he looked really impressive. Like, you know, there are levels to grappling. And but and Figueredo, you know, has choked out some really good high-level jiu-jitsu black belts, you know. And Moreno just dominating him on the ground, just taking his back almost at will was really impressive. And it was cool. You know, uh, our friend Juan was there. He's Mexican. And that was a big moment for them because – Although Cain Velasquez was a Mexican champion, Moreno was born and raised in Mexico. Cain was, you know, American. I mean, he, he's Mexican-American, but Moreno yeah. has, has lived there his whole life. So that that's big for the country and a really cool moment. He seems like a really genuine dude. So I was happy for him, and I agree with you. I think that was an upset because Figueredo looked primed to, you know, dominate for quite a while in the division, and, and Moreno snatched away from him, and they may have a new superstar with him. Yeah, and we did have a Hispanic friend there of Mexican descent, and it, it I guess for me it was really shocking when he said, because I was going through all my head, all the champions, and he goes, they've never been a Mexican-born UFC champion, and I almost looked at him and went, and, and then I, I was like, oh, wow, I, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. And he was super hyped. and Yeah, that was and, a cool moment. So it was, was and Brandon Moreno's interview afterward with his family. Yeah. It was just a cool moment for him. Yeah. Davidson Figueredo is all class, though. Yeah, he picked him up. He walked around the ring, put him on his shoulders. And Figueredo wants the trilogy. And I think he deserves it because, you know, the first one was a draw. You could argue that Figueredo would have won uh, without that low blow. And uh, I think they should run it back because the, the flyweight division doesn't have a ton of superstars. And I think a trilogy would – sell a lot of tickets and I, I definitely watch it again. These guys are Absolutely. awesome. 
So why not run it back, man? There's a lot of mutual respect between these guys, and um, I think it'd be awesome. So run it back, man. Do the trilogy. And then we had our main event. Uh, yeah, Adesanya we, versus uh, Vittori. And uh, it's just a dominant win by Adesanya. Went to decision. Probably not the most exciting fight on the card. I mean, not boring by any means. But, you know, after the excitement of the two fights before this, this one was kind of, you know, not the most exciting one. But Adesanya, credit to him, man. He did his thing. He outstruck him. Vittori was able to shoot and get a couple double leg takedowns but just couldn't keep him on the ground so that shows you that Adesanya's grappling's definitely improved too you know he couldn't hold him down you know win any rounds by ground and pound so Adesanya just keeps it going in the middleweight division that fight may have showed me one thing um too even at middleweight Adesanya looks small yeah Fighting in his own division he he, he looks he looks like he's a division up. And you go back to when he was fighting uh, Yawn at Lot Heavy, you just realize, God, this guy is so – I believe he's thinner than even uh, Anderson Spider Silva was. Um, yeah. Anderson, I mean, he just – he looks almost out of place, but God, can he fight. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It doesn't matter. You know, like when he fought Paula Costa, you know, the, the whole narrative was Costa's the big bodybuilder build, and he's going to take him down and – dominate him and you know he he knocks him out with ease you know now uh like we said i think in the last podcast he should probably stay middleweight you know he's obviously way too small for light heavy and th that was shown in the yawn fight but at middleweight i think he runs it for quite a while if he wants to until the next guy finally shows up i mean you can't stay on top forever but adesanya looks like he can run it for quite a while like his striking is you know, arguably the best in UFC, and his grappling continues to improve. So he's he's just getting better and better. This was definitely a pay per view where the feature and the code was much better than the main. Yeah, it was, it was the the feature and the code was just great fights, man. I enjoyed yeah. them immensely. Yeah, a lot of a lot of excitement, and even the opening fight with Paul Craig getting that nasty arm bar from guard. Remember Shaggy told you to bet on Paul Craig, and he was right. Uh, that was yeah. nasty. You know, um, they popped his arm back into place, by the way. It looked like his arm was broken. They just they popped it back into place after the fight. So that he's okay. But, my God, that was that was tough to watch. <laughs> well, but it was, a, it was a great pay-per-view, though. I really enjoyed it. One more title outlier down the road no-hit fight was Muhammad getting a win over Maya. I thought that was a fight of notice too, that it's nothing intimate, but it, it was a fight that, you know, you see somebody starting to put their name out there. Yeah. Nothing comer. I agree for sure. And, and Damian Maya, uh, Dana White said that's his last fight in UFC. And I, I agree. And I love Damian Maya, you know, first of all, jujitsu guy, um, he's amazing, but you know, you can't, you can't be a fighter forever and he's getting older and he was, he was shooting for a single leg the whole time, and that was about it. And it didn't have much else for him in the fight. So, I, I, yeah, yeah, he did okay for a round. Uh, yep. But I kind of hope he retires and just, you know, you know, does jujitsu seminars. And who wouldn't want to take a lesson with that guy? He's a master. So, uh, you know, but he's got nothing to be ashamed of. Had a great career. Fought, fought for the title twice, even though he didn't win. Uh, he's awesome. But I, I think he should probably hang it up. 
All right, we got about 45 minutes, and we got a jam-packed UFC 264. Yeah. Um, yeah matter of fact, we're going to not really talk about a couple of uh, uh, bouts, but we're going to get in what I think the public is most interested in. And we want to start at the bottom of the card a little bit with what I call a great controversy. And uh, we talked a little coming on the air. Uh, it is really becoming a puzzle to me why Shane O'Malley cannot find a fight the level that he needs to be fighting. And even his frustration, I don't know if you saw the quote this week, Andrew, where he, um, and, uh, he kind of said, you know, one of the reporters said, why aren't you fighting top 10 fighters? And he goes, well, I'm not in the top 10 and I don't get top 10 fights offered to me. Mm -hmm. And I, it really is becoming a little bit puzzling. Now, of course, this is a last minute substitute, uh, but still Sugar Shane is a guy that can make a bunch of money for the UFC. Would you not say? Yeah. 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 The Sugar Show. Sugar Sean O'Malley's very impressive. He's got a whole reel of knockouts. Uh, you can just go on YouTube and find it. Especially his his of Eddie Wineland is is really crazy impressive. Ed had Daniel Cormier just like screaming on uh, commentating that fight. He's he's something special. I love his boxing. I love uh, his kicks. He's he's very unique in that. He's actually a pretty decent grappler as well. Um, and. I can't tell you the reason he's not getting huge fights. I don't know if they're still trying to build him up and let him get a few highlight reels, but I think they need to put him in there with, a, you know, a top 10 guy and make, make it a really exciting fight because he's not even ranked right now, which is a head scratcher. If you go on UFC.com, he's not even ranked in the bantamweight uh, rankings. He's 13 and one, uh, nine of his wins are by KO ones by submission. So he's a knockout artist. I mean, nine out of thirteen have been my knockout. Um, he's fun to watch. He's he he moves he moves the pole. I mean, he Snoop Dogg is a huge fan of his. He's got right. several celebrities that follow him. Now I do get it. You know, last summer he lost to uh, Chito Vera, and he did lose Sean O'Malley. The one thing I don't agree with him is he doesn't acknowledge that loss. Which if you lose, you lose, man. No matter who it is to. And I know he got injured during that fight, but. If you lose, it's just part of it. But he's 13 and one. He's very exciting to watch. And um, he's got that it factor, you know, that draws the fans to him. And he's got a huge movement behind him. Uh, he's got a huge social media presence. They need to get him a big time fight and get him up in the rankings because he could, he could headline a card one of these days for sure. Right. So I agree with that for sure. Our buddy, um, which I'm a huge fan of, probably the, one of the best smack talkers in the history of UFC chain sold um, said, you know, is this a one fight title fight? Do they, are they trying to position him so he could go pick one top five contender and be the next title fight? And that does make sense. I think he's, you might not need to see him win four or five fights. Yeah. In the top 10, you might get the right fight and make him a legitimate contender with one fight do you think that's a possibility i do i do because if you follow ufc long enough you realize that sometimes rankings don't don't matter as much as you think it would you know people get title fights that because they sell tickets and and they move the needle um right 
and fair or unfair, you know, and, and sometimes they get the title fight and they win and they weren't even really ranked. I mean, look when George St. Pierre came back in 2017, when he moved up to middleweight, he'd never had a middleweight fight before he was the welterweight King. He walked right in, not even ranked and he takes Bisping out and then he retires after that. But that was an exciting fight. And that was a fight that, you know, sold a ton and they sold out Madison square garden. So yeah, I think, if Sugar Sean wins this fight, and then maybe you put him with a top five, even top ten guy, and he gets another impressive win, I could see him moving up to a title shot right after that. I really could because um, bantamweight, you know, these guys are smaller, and, and I'd like watching them fight, but sometimes you don't see quite the knockouts that you usually do with uh, the smaller guys. Well, Sugar Sean's a knockout artist, so um, he can sell tickets. He can move the needle, like I've already said. Um, so he, if he get a win today and then maybe one more big win, I could, I could see him hopping up there for a title shot. But so anyway, the original, the original fight was Smolka. Yeah. Staff infection takes him out and he fights now. Might have to help me here. Mo- Chris Matinho. Matinho. He's nine and four, uh, three KOs, one submission. He's, he's coming from kind of a minor league MMA promotion, uh, Case Fury Championships. Be honest, I don't know much about the guy, and nobody else does because he's a, a last-minute replacement. And I haven't seen too many of his fights, so uh, obviously Sugar Sean's going to be a huge favorite in this, and he should be. Um, but you know, at least we're getting to see Sugar Sean fight. You know, they would have been really disappointed if they had to cancel that off the card because this is, as they call it, the curtain jerker. It's the first fight of the night, and I think it's going to be uh, a lot of fun to start the the, the night off. So. I am glad they at least got the fight uh, going. I did do a little research on Mutan, and um, you know he, he, he's a good fighter at his level. And most of the guys that were breaking down this fight says he's one of the finer lower division fighters in the world. You know, you can be a great Double A baseball player, but you can't go up to the major leagues and hit the curveball. And that was the, you know, so this guy's going to come in throwing bombs. He's yeah, he's got nothing to lose. He's, he's got, got nothing to lose. Absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah, he's he's got his shot in the spotlight because this is obviously a huge card with the main event, which we'll get into in a little bit. So he's you know he's on international TV right now. You know this guy went from Cage Fury, which was a minor league, nothing against him. You got to start from somewhere. Absolutely to, to the absolute big big times because this fight, you better believe. You know this is gonna have some a ton of ratings international as well everybody in ireland is going to be watching this fight so if something happens and he does pull off the upset of the year this dude's put his name in the hat dude so that's you know that's cool thing about mma you never know what will happen even though i i think sugar sean's gonna win this pretty pretty easily but still you know it's mma you just never know what can happen so the best comparison i heard was this is like going from starting in the division three national championship game to the Super Bowl overnight. So, <laughs> yeah, there's levels to this game, man. As, as we just talked about with the Marino fight, there's there's levels. And uh, that that last fight with Sugar Sean with Thomas Almeida, if you haven't seen that knockout, check that out. That's absolutely brutal. I mean, God, that that one kind of pained me to watch a little bit. So, check that out, and then look up the Eddie Wineland knockout. One last point before we make predictions, which we I think will be the shortest prediction segment segment ever how we talk about him being a, a knockout artist but 
he has a five inch reach advantage in this fight. That is unheard of. Yeah. At the Bantamweight weight level. What yeah. what does those long arms generate him as far as power in that division? Yeah, man, that's a huge advantage. I'm glad you brought that up because Sugar Sean's tall for for Bantamweight. He's long. He's lanky, man. He's got those long legs and arms. Uh, great head know, kick. Yeah, great head kicks. Um, so that that's a huge advantage for him. So, uh, you know, he can keep people at distance. Uh, man, that all the advantages go, go to Sugar Sean right now, <laughs> including physically. So, uh, easy prediction for me. I went with uh, comes in, dominates the stand-up, and, and I really I love that lead kick. I, I'd love to see him take him out first round with that leg kick, and uh, that was my prediction. What do you got? Yeah, man, I think first-round knockout. I'm going to go with the punch. Um, I, I think he's got something similar to the Eddie Wineland knockout here. So I think he probably knocks him out in the first two or three minutes. Uh, no disrespect to uh, Mateen, who, uh, you know, shout out to him for stepping up and taking the fight. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. Sugar Sean's just, you know, he can be, he can be special. I think he's got the potential to be really special. So, yeah. You could be Dana White for one second. Who's Sean O'Malley's next fight? I want him fighting a big name, even if it's a big name that's kind of on the end uh, part of their career going down. So I could see him fighting like Cody Garbrandt or maybe Dominic Cruz. If Cruz isn't, you know, done with fighting or even Josie Aldo, if, if he would fight him at bantamweight, uh, that could be huge. Any of those that, guys. That would be a good matchup. I think, you know, future Jan and Aljamain Sterling, they're going to rematch for the title, and that needs to be done because of that. I'm not going to get into that. You know, the whole the need of the head disqualification. Yeah, absolutely. But, but if, if Sugar Sean gets a good performance today and then he fights like a really good veteran or an up-and-coming top-ten guy, I think he could hop in for a title shot really soon. So the next fight, uh, which is clearly, in my head, a title fight eliminator. Yes. Um, we get my favorite nickname in the whole sport, maybe Wonder Boy. <laughs> yeah, versus Gilbert Burns. Go ahead and break us down a little bit there. Give us a little bit about both fighters. Yeah, so uh, you got Gilbert Burns, uh, Gilbert Burns, who just fought uh, Kamar Usman for the for the uh, th- title a couple months ago and got knocked out you know, in the second round. Had a good, had great a good first round. round. Yeah, had a great first round going in that. Uh, and he's 19 and four. He's ranked number two right now in the welterweight division. And then you got Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who he has fought for the welterweight title in the past. He fought uh, Tyron Woodley. First time it went to a draw. That was the one in Madison Square Garden where Woodley had a deep guillotine locked in on him, and he wouldn't tap out, and he eventually got out with that big, long neck of his. Um, then he lost uh, the next fight. And not the most exciting fight, but a, a you know decision. He's 16-4-1. Seven of his wins have been by KO, one by submission. He's ranked number four welterweight on UFC.com. He is 58-0 and in kickboxing. That's absurd. <laughs> so he, he's amazing. Uh, he's got a fifth-degree black belt in Kempo. He's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, on the other side, Gilbert Burns, he's a second degree black belt in jiu-jitsu and he's a world champion. So to go ahead and start, uh, if it goes to the ground, Gilbert Burns has got a huge advantage there. 
standing up as far as striking Thompson's got this very unorthodox stance where his hands are down a lot. It's very different. And he's almost like a sideways stance. Um, you know, he's got a karate background and he's got a unique kind of stance, but it throws a lot of fighters off because they don't know how to uh, kind of, you know, combat that. Uh, unorthodox. Yeah. Unor very unorthodox the way he stands. Uh, I love watching him fight. His nickname is the uh, NMF. If Jorge Masvidal is the BMF, the baddest mother, fill in the blank, then Stephen Thompson is the nicest mother. And they actually gave him a belt on one of the shows, which was hilarious. He's all class. He's He is too cool. He's Chris Weidman's brother-in-law, too. Just throwing that out there for a little trivia for you. And he also used to train with George St. Pierre a lot. So he, he thanks a lot of him. I love this matchup. I think it's um, Stephen Thompson is is beautiful the way he fights, and he, he kind of outpoints a lot of people. I'm not saying he doesn't have knockout power, but with his kicks and his punches and his stance, he keeps people at bay, and he, he's able to outpoint a lot of people. Gilbert Burns will knock your head completely off. He's got him beat in the power, but Thompson, if he can keep him at bay, can outpoint him. If it goes to the ground, like I just said, I think Gilbert Burns has got an edge. So. so I'm going to challenge a statement and I'm going to challenge it because I heard it challenged on another show. And I agree with your assessment. Burns on the mat is better than Thompson and Thompson standing up is better than Burns. But aren't both of them, in my head, both of them are vastly underrated at the other specialty. I think Gilbert Burns is better on his feet than we think he is. Yeah. I think Wonder Boy is better on the mat than we think they are. Yeah. Could that be an accurate statement to this fight? Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, Burns Burns looked really good in the first round against Usman. He landed some really good shots uh, standing up. Um, he had a nasty knockout of Damian Maya. So his his strikes are so powerful. Uh, you know, he's got knockout, vicious knockout power. And Thompson is a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Like I was talking about earlier in that first Woodley fight, that was like five years ago. Woodley had a deep guillotine on him, and he couldn't finish it. And that was very impressive because Woodley's, Woodley's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he's very impressive on the ground. So they are strong at, you know, the other the other sides, what you may argue is their weaker points. But I would say that Gilbert Burns is a world champ, multi-world champ in jiu-jitsu. So I right. do put him levels above thompson on the ground but i'm not saying thompson's a slouch on the ground if that makes Could, sense is it thompson's ability to scramble that's of value to him in this fight not necessarily that he wants to be on the ground with burns but he wants to be able to scramble yes. when burns does shoot right yeah i agree i think that's a that's a good statement yeah um, and if you look at uh, their records, uh, Usman won six in a row, uh, excuse me, Burns, Gilbert Burns won six in a row before the Usman loss. And uh, let's see, Thompson, uh, he's won two in a row. Uh, he lost two in a row before that. He lost to Anthony Pettis. That was a Superman punch knockout. And he also lost to Darren Till via decision. But he's on a two-fight winning streak. And he's also got a win over Jorge Masvidal. So he's got an impressive record. He's fought for the title twice. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this fight, and I don't want to jump the gun in the predictions too much, but I I see this one probably going the distance. I think we're going to see a pretty good war here. So, 
a, a couple of questions to you. Um, the, the, the statement always in the UFC is styles make fights. Is this not the perfect stylistic matchup for the layman to watch this fight, the ground and pound versus the yeah. club guy? Yeah, I think this is this is a great matchup for, for styles. I agree. I, I don't I don't see this being a boring fight. I really Absolutely. don't. You know, I can I can be wrong, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to the matchup and how these guys are gonna encounter each other, how they're gonna try to, you know, exploit each other's weakness and uh I love it, man. That they they both seem to be classy dudes. So you know, not a ton of smack talk going into it. Just you know, let's get in there and have a war. You know, so it, it's it's a great matchup, great co-main event. And you pointed out just a little bit ago, this is a title eliminator uh, contender in my and your eye because uh, Thompson's fought for the title twice. He's he's won two in a row, so he's making a move up. But if he loses this. Uh, I don't know if he's fighting for a title again in his career. Now, I'm not saying he needs to retire, obviously, because Gilbert Burns is a beast, and if you lose to Burns, then there's no shame in that. But I don't know if he fights for a title again. On the other coin, Gilbert Burns, if he loses, then that's two in a row, and it's it's tough, you know, coming back yeah. from two in a row. Uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah, I agree with you. It's 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 it, the next the, the guy that wins probably gets a title fight. The guy that loses has got a long road. Yeah, to a title fight. Yeah, and welterweight stacked, man. It's 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 really a talented division. You know, I mean, they're all talented. These guys are the best in the world. But welterweight, it's a it's like a freeway jam trying to get a, a title fight right now. And you got Leon Edwards just hanging out. So I said this earlier, but I'll say it again. I think the winner of this should fight Leon Edwards, and then whoever wins that is your clear cut number one guy to go against whoever wins Colby versus Usman. That, that's me if I'm Dana White. That's what I'm doing. The best way I heard welterweight described was it was like fat guys at Waffle House at 2 a.m. Everybody's <laughs> trying to get their order. <laughs> oh, man, I love that analogy. I've never heard that before. That's cool. <laughs> uh, you, you're a BJJ guy. Um, how does Wonder Boy keep proper striking distance in this fight? And is that his... Is that if there's one point for him winning this fight, is it being able to keep that separation yeah. between Gilbert Burns and himself? Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Thompson's got that really unorthodox stance, but his kicks are nasty, man. Uh, you should go watch the Johnny Hendricks Wonder Boy fight. That was that was excellent. Uh, I think you can keep him at bay with those kicks. Um, some of those are nasty too, man. Those kicks to the obliques and to the knees. Um, that that can keep a guy at bay that from trying to shoot a double on you, that's going to make him think twice if he's got to deal with that. And wonder boy, it, 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 he's beautiful to watch, man. He really is. It's, it's fun watching uh, those kicks and those side kicks, high kicks. He throws, he throws all sorts of cool stuff. And um, I think he can keep Burns at bay with that. Whether he does or not, we'll find out because Burns is a beast. You know, a lot of times he implements his will on people. So uh, this is going to be a fun one to watch. So, the last part, then we'll make our predictions. Of course, we give a little gambling advice. This fight is basically a coin toss on DraftKings. Yeah. Um, it, it, and it seems like, in my head, that Wonder Boy is a clear favor. But you get Wonder Boy over just a little bit of a favorite level. So if you really believe in Wonder Boy, this is probably the time to double your bet up. Uh, because, to me, I thought this fight would be a plus 175 light uh, or a 
negative 175 area, 150 area, which means a, a, a fairly fa heavy favorite. I think he's minus 110, 115. So I'm going to load up on Wonder Boy, and that leads into my prediction. Um, you said you think it goes all the way. I think it goes to the final round, but I think it gets finished in the final round. I could see this fight being a 50-50 fight, and Wonder Boy needing, not losing the fight, but this fight is clearly he doesn't want it in the judges' hands to finish it. So I could see this being a, a, a tied fight into the fifth round. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go third round. Third round. A, yeah, three round fight. And uh, one round, one round. And I'm going to say that Wonder Boy finishes him in the third round. All right, cool. Um, I think it goes the decision. We're going to make it interesting, so I'm going to disagree with you here. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm going we to may make... disagree on all of them the rest of the way. Well, that makes it more fun, you know. So uh, <laughs> um, I think Burns uh, gets the unanimous decision. Uh, I think he wins it two rounds to one. Uh, I think I think Wonderboy gets the first round. Uh, he's keeping him at bay, and then Burns kind of fills him out and uh, probably uses some takedowns and a little bit of ground and pound. But I think it'll be a war, and uh, I think Burns gets him two rounds to one. How confident am I in my pick? Not very. This is a coin toss. So if if Wonder Boy comes out guns blazing and gets a knockout or or sweeps it and gets it three rounds to none, I wouldn't be surprised. If Gilbert Burns comes out in the first two rounds and lands some shot from hell and knocks him out, I wouldn't be surprised at that either. This is such a, a coin toss, which makes it so much fun. You know, that's why I'm, yep. I'm so glad that both these guys made this fight with no injuries, no weight cut issues, because uh, you know, the main event by itself would make you want to buy this card, but but when you have a stacked main card, it makes it so much fun, you know, because you've got stuff to look forward to, and I'm I'm really looking forward to this fight, and I don't have a favorite. I like both guys. They seem to be both classy dudes, and, uh, you know, props to, props to the winner, man. Best man win. While we disagreed on a prediction, there was, we both think it's 1-1 after two, and that makes yeah. for a great fight. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll see a good one tonight. All right, we got about 20 minutes, so we might as well get to it. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and announce when we get to this. I've struggled more than – we've been doing this show almost a year now, approaching a year. And I struggled with this fight and my prediction worse than any fight <laughs> I've ever called on this show. And my fandom from Conor McGregor, uh, it's never – I've never hit it on here. Connor's my favorite. Tony Ferguson uh, and Tom Connor was my two favorite fights fighters when I started this program. Uh, Benny Dyrus, I've now got a, a personal friendship with, so he's become my favorite fighter. So I'm never going to leave Benny out of it now. <laughs> but Connor's the reason I'm here doing this show with you. So let's start there. The most popular fighter of this generation, or unpopular fighter of this generation. Whichever one you want to call him. The most polarizing fighter. Period. Yes. Rick Flair <laughs> in a three-piece suit and a bottle of 12-year-old whiskey. Yeah. The general public has said Poirier knocks McGregor out, shuts him up, sends him home. That's the storyline. Over with. Done. But I don't think it's that simple. Where do you start with this, Andrew? Uh, yeah, let's let's start off with Connor and how much of a draw he is. 
Uh, we got a comment from one of the Molina brothers. Didn't even uh, see it there. Hey, thanks, Adrian. Man, shout out to you for watching, dude. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Hey, right, hey, that's that might be a good pick, dude. I, I think uh, I think Burns wins it via decision, but hey, if he gets a knockout, that's true. Uh, no, anyway, back. Sorry yeah. about that. No, that was awesome. I'm glad we got a comment. Shout out to Adrian. That's that's one of my best friends there. Um, Connor, you either love him or you hate him, but you cannot argue that he is a star and he he makes the needle move more than anybody. I mean, there was a special talking about these Vegas casino owners and just how when Connor fights uh, and it's in Vegas, it's like Super Bowl week. They they compare it to like Super Bowl week to uh, draft week and then there's Connor week. And you go, I mean, you got so many folks from Ireland flying in to watch the fight. It's insane how much he's, he's beloved and also how much he's hated. I mean, there's, you know, whether you love him or you hate him, you're buying the pay-per-view to either see him, knock somebody out or get knocked out so it's it, it's crazy but he's 22 and 5 19 of his wins have been by ko uh he's exciting to watch whether you love him or you hate him uh he's he's controversial for sure he's done some stuff off the mat <laughs> adrian said and i apologize to nobody and that is a line he said after he beat eddie alvarez for the uh the lightweight title and he does not apologize to anybody that's for sure he's got the He's got the Ric Flair swag. He's always wearing his suits. I mean, the man's made a ton of money, you know, doing doing his whiskey deal with the Floyd Mayweather fight. And that's kind of what I want to get into as, as well. Connor has made so much money over the past four years through the Mayweather fight, through the prop, proper 12 whiskey, getting that started and selling it off. You almost wonder... If, if his motivation's still there, he's been the lightweight champ. He's been the featherweight champ. Um, you know, he's he's got plenty of money in the bank. Is he going to come back and and try to get back in there for a title shot? We're going to see. We're going to see uh, tonight. You know that that's the huge question. Um, so that leads me to anyway. question one. I hate to interrupt you, but you Go have ahead. to answer. You have to answer this question in this section. Okay. After fight two, where he'd been knocked out. Was he embarrassed or gracious? A little bit of both. Uh, he's embarrassed for sure because that's going back to that thing is as much as people love him, there's a huge group of people that hate him and want to see him get humbled and knocked out. And that's a good answer. That's what I was wanted to hear. Go yeah. ahead. And shout out to Poirier, which I'm going to get into Dustin because Dustin deserves a lot more love than he gets. Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll get into him in just a sec, but. You know, he got knocked out, and he was humbled. He did donate to Poirier's charity, so shout out to him for doing that. Um, and he made no, you know, excuses. He, you know, he said, I lost. I got knocked out. But so a little bit of both. He got he got humbled, but his attitude's different coming into this fight. You know, he was Mr. Nice Guy in that Poirier fight beforehand. And they were hugging. He gave a shout out to Poirier's hot sauce. He was holding it at the weigh-in which wasn't your usual Connor, you know, because Connor plays the mind games and he gets in people's heads. So if you saw the press conference yesterday, he tried to kick Poirier. Now, I know that's for show, and I think he's just trying to hype up the fight. I don't think he's got any personal angst against uh, Poirier, but I think he's coming into this a little more focused and a little more, you know, ticked off that because of what happened to him. I, I did the – when we get to the prediction, and just because I'm a Connor fan, I'm trying to predict this fight right too. 
the press conference made me change my prediction. So we'll get there in a minute. But it was a different vibe to the press conference. And I know it's just to sell tickets, but it absolutely felt different than two. So, yeah. Yeah. Part two, they were, they were buddy, but they even hugged after the, the weigh-ins, which that never, you don't usually wrap your arm around and, you know, your opponent and take a picture with them. That's for after the fight. And they were kind of, I don't know, even some fighters were a little mad. They were like, you guys are being too nice to each other. You're about to get in there and go to war. Um, so no, no more Mr. Nice guy to quote the great Alice Cooper uh, for this fight. So uh, I want to get in. Right. About- I'm going to give you a point for a quote now. Let's go. Yeah. I want to get into Poirier though, because you know him, Randall, but a lot of casual fans don't know him and he deserves Absolutely. a lot more love. And by the way, if Adrian's still watching this, shout out to him. He's one of the biggest Dustin Poirier fans. I know Poirier, if you take away the loss to Habib, which we're not even going to count the Habib loss and my, because Habib beats everybody. So he is beating Conor McGregor via knockout. He beat Dan Hooker via decision, which was my fight of the year, 2020. He beat Max Holloway decision. He beat Eddie Alvarez TKO. He beat Justin Gaethje TKO. And he beat Anthony Pettis. So that's one, two, three, four, five, not counting Dan Hooker because he wasn't a champ. Five, either former champs or former interim champs over his last six wins. That's absurd. I mean, he has got a resume this guy deserves way more love than he gets. I mean, he's gone through murderer's row uh, and beaten some of the top guys. I mean, the Max Holloway fight, Holloway was looking to be a champ champ, you know, and be a right. featherweight and light, lightweight. And a lot of people had already crowned him, and Dustin dominated him in that fight. And he had beaten Holloway early. He's got two wins over Max Holloway, by the way. He beat Holloway early in his career, too. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, 27 and six, 13 of his wins are by KO, seven by submission. He's an American top team guy down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, training out of there. Uh, he's best friends with uh, Jorge Masvidal. So, what Adrian say there, Poirier versus Hooker? Yeah, one of the best fights ever. I, I agree, man. That was my 2020 fight of the year. Nicknamed uh, him the Punisher afterwards. Hey, Adrian. <laughs> Put us a prediction in here, and we'll show it with ours at the end of it. Yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll, I'll hold it on pause. Make, type us out a little prediction so we can post it. Yeah. We'll do our predictions, okay? But uh, Poirier deserves more uh, respect. Now, amongst the fight community, he gets a ton of respect. Everybody knows how, how much of a beast Dustin is, and he really started during that, especially after he beat Holloway for the second time. But um, if Dustin wins this and – I think we're going to transition our segment into what happens, the what if segment. What if Dustin wins? What if Connor wins? What will happen for both fighters? If Dustin wins, there's no question he fights for the title next. Like, there's nobody that deserves it more than Dustin if he wins this fight. It's him versus Oliveira for the title. You can maybe do that as the New Year's. Uh, they usually do a fight right around New Year's Eve, Christmas, and that's one of the fights of the year. Him and Oliveira would be a beast of a matchup. I would love to see that. And Poirier's made with another win over Conor McGregor. At this yes. Point. Yes. If he wins the trilogy, because Conor has not had a trilogy with anybody yet. Uh, so this is the third fight. If you got two out of three over Conor, the biggest name, I'm not saying the best fighter, but the biggest name, that's, you know, no argument to that. The biggest name in MMA. Then Poirier's made, dude. He's the man. He, he gets a title shot. You know, he deserves it. And I thought he looked pretty decent against Habib. Now, I know he lost you know, via rear naked choke, but he had a tight guillotine on Habib. Habib was able to get out of it because 
Habib's the Terminator and probably not even human. But uh, was, you know. was and, and it gets sketchy when we compare fights, but was his effort against Habib better than Connor's effort? Because I thought they were. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because he had he had Connor, I mean, excuse me, he had Habib in trouble with that guillotine. Now, Habib was able to get out of it, but it looked kind of tight for a second there. Uh, Habib, probably the best, in addition to being the best fighter in the world, probably the best grappler in the world, too, I think. And uh, he he had a guillotine locked in there for, you know, a second, and it was looking tight. Um, so, and Connor never really had Habib in trouble. Now, he did win a round from him. I'll give you that. And, you know, he outpointed him, and I think it was the third round. But, um, you know, Poirier ha actually had Habib in trouble for a little bit. But if Poirier wins, then he gets he gets the title shot, bar none. If Poirier wins and Connor loses, if Connor loses, it, it's going to hurt his stock quite a bit. And he's always going to have the hardcore fan base, and Ireland's always going to have his back. But I think if Connor loses, the fight to make is the Nate Diaz trilogy because that is the only fight you'll ever hear of where you got two fighters coming off two straight losses that will headline a card and make a ton of money. <laughs> That's almost unheard of. But I think it might make more money than the – if he does, Poirier – Poirier at, at title fight versus Diaz and McGregor three. I think money wise, I, I think Poirier or I think Diaz McGregor three probably gets more buys. Don't yeah, it would get a ton because people want to see that trilogy play out, you know, at some point. And and that'd be huge because nobody would be getting leapfrogged for any kind of position. You know, nobody would argue that. You know, sometimes you'll see fighters you know, get upset because they kind of got jumped in the rankings for a title shot or something with if Connor and, and Nate fight, then nobody got jumped in line. That That's a trilogy everybody wants to see, and that would sell a ton of tickets, and that could headline any card. That'd be humongous. Um, let's go ahead and flip it, though. What if Connor wins tonight? Let's say he gets a spectacular knockout, gets his revenge, he takes the trilogy. That's That's huge for him. I mean, he's right back in the driver's seat. He's right back there in the title shot. I'm going to read you the lightweight rankings right now. So, obviously, our champ is Charles Oliveira with uh, his knockout uh, performance over Michael Chandler. Well, Dustin is your number one guy right now, number one contender. Then you got Justin Gaethje right behind him. Uh, our boy, Benny. Uh, Benel Dariush is number three. Hey, hey, don't sell my boys short. Oh, yeah. Benny's got That might be the only – that might be the only one on this list we could get as a guest someday. So. <laughs> no, man, shout out to Benny. Uh, Michael Chandler, number four, and currently Connor's number five. Well, if he gets the knockout, uh, like we were saying earlier, I don't know if it catapults him to number one, but does it catapult him, catapult him to a title shot? Probably, because he's going to sell. You know, he's going to sell a bunch of tickets. Uh, you know, you could argue that if Dustin loses, then Justin Gaethje should be next in line because he's number two, and uh, he's his last fight was against Habib, and obviously he lost in, in the second round via submission, but but before that, Gaethje had been on quite a run and looked dominant, and his fight against Tony Ferguson was awesome. Knowing Dana and how much he wants to sell tickets, and I think Gaethje would sell huge against Oliveira. Connor versus Oliveira, obviously, is a monster, monster deal. So if Connor wins, he He'd probably sneaking back up there for a title shot. I'm saying that's what's going to happen. Whether I agree with that or not, you know, it doesn't matter. 
Or you could even do Connor versus Gaethje and make that the number one contender eliminator. But if you do that, then you're kind of leaving Oliveira uh, in, in the cold because, you know, he's waiting on fighting somebody. So I kind of doubt that happens. So but, uh, let me let me, let me me jump in, and usually I don't have an opinion on this one, but I do on this one. The winner of this fight gets the shot. Would you like to see uh, Benny versus Gagey? The winner of that gets the winner of the – the championship bout. So yeah, got, yeah. Got, man, I'd love to see that, dude, because that that'd be a big fight for um, our boy Benny. You know, yeah, Gaethje's a big name now. Ever since he dominated Tony, you know, because that was the first sporting event after the pandemic hit. Him versus Tony. So you had a ton of people watching that fight that don't even really watch MMA. They just were like, "Screw it, man! COVID's going on. There's no sports. Let's let's watch this fight." And so Gaethje's. No name got out there pretty quick you know not that i'm trying to come uh, uh campaign for uh benny to get a title fight or nothing but, uh, <laughs> that's cool man hey he looked great in his last fight not he did, he did. Go ahead. i'm sorry to interrupt you no dude just not interrupting at all man and that's a good point because gaethje is two and uh benny is three so why not dude that'd be cool but um Run and it, back at the co-main yeah. of the winner of this fight versus Oliveira. be great yeah Dana, or, I'm available and I can quit my job and be in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. And so continuing with this scenario, if Connor wins, um, I, I think he gets the title shot because that'd sell a lot of tickets and that's big. And, you know, uh, I think if Poirier loses, there's still a lot of good fights out there for him. He's probably not getting the title shot right away, though he's still right up there. I think you could do Poirier and Gaethje and run that one back. Uh, yeah. You could do Poirier. And Michael Chandler, that could be awesome. That'd be fireworks. Um, you could do Poirier, and you could even do Poirier and Benny. That'd be a big fight for Benny. The, I, I my, feel like Benny thinks he's one win away from a title shot. Yeah, I mean he's not, he's number three. He's right up there. He can. That's a solid argument, dude. You know he's he's on quite a roll. I guess my point being is if Poirier loses, it's not the end of the world for him. He's got a lot of options still out right, there. Right, absolutely. If Connor loses, well, he's already ran the trilogy with Poirier, so that's done. They're, these guys aren't going to fight again. You're not going to fight four times. That's gone. Um, he's not getting a title shot, obviously, if Connor loses. Uh, I don't know, maybe – the Benny fight would be there for Connor, but Connor also likes to pick and choose his fights. And because Benny's such a good wrestler and a takedown guy, he might be afraid he's going to get stuff. That's a bad matchup for Connor. I yeah. Mean, I, I mean, I'm going to tell you, that's a bad, that's the reason I think Benny's a bad matchup for two people. Maybe Chandler, I mean, not Chandler, but maybe, maybe Connor. And, and, and also I, I kind of think he's a bad matchup. If, if you talk about him, it's not a bad matchup. I just think it's a power versus power matchup. You get Gagey versus Benny. I think that's yeah. two guys that do a lot of the same things really good. Yeah. But going down the list, I mean, Connor, if he loses, maybe Michael Chandler because Chandler's coming off a loss. But I don't know. I don't think that one sells like the Nate Diaz trilogy would sell. So, Connor, I feel like if he loses, his, his, only, his only option to really headline another big event to, to really sell would be the Nate Diaz trilogy. That's just me. Yeah, that'd be a good fight because that'd be fireworks. So, again, that, that was my big point is Poirier 
can can lose this and still have a lot of good options and probably still get back up there to fight for the title. And Connor, there's always the possibility, even as small it was, Khabib could step back in the ring and dominate the division again. Yeah, yeah. You never know, man. That's that's the thing with MMA retirements. They, <laughs> they get undone sometimes. So um, he could come back in there. I think he's done, but... At the same time, I watched a training video the other day. Um, you know, him, he didn't and, look done. No, him, him and Daniel Cormier are best buddies, you know, and he trains out there at AKA. And they had a uh, they had an all-American high school wrestler go out there. This guy's the best in the country. And Habib just ragdolled him. Like, I mean, did whatever he wanted to do. He slammed that kid down. I mean, he didn't hurt him. He just he smothered him. And I'm like, dude, he's, he's, he's still got it. <laughs> he can come All back right. at any point. I'm going to fire some questions out of you. Just give me short couple-sentence answers, okay? Rapid fire, and then we'll go into predictions. Yeah, okay? you got it. Okay. All right. What does Connor do about leg kicks? How does he correct that from the second fight? Uh, I think maybe he, he gets a little more offensive himself. I mean, he got great leg kicks himself. If, if you watch the second Nate Diaz fight in the first round, he actually leg kicked Nate and, and got him on the ground to begin with. Um, I know he's going to go back and watch the film and probably see what he did wrong. And he, he totally didn't address those in the first fight, I mean, or excuse me, the second fight with Poirier. He's going to be well aware of that. So that's something he's game planning for. And, you almost wonder if Poirier is going to take a different strategy because he knows Connor's going to be looking for it. So we're going to go to a couple or three actives or recently retired founders and some stuff comments they've made this week. Let's start with Abib. Abib's statement basically was Connor wins the first round, he wins the fight. Mm -hmm. Agree or disagree? Uh, yeah, I think that's a good assessment. You know, I think that's fair. Connor likes to. He likes to start fast. I mean, look at look at the cowboy fight, man. He he came out guns blazing within forty seconds of that thing, and um, I'm interested to see how he responds after the second fight, or if or if Poirier dominates the first round, then maybe he's in Connor's head, and you know the rest of the fight doesn't go so well. Dan Hardy made this statement: eight out of ten times Poirier beats Connor, but this is the one of the two times. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, I think uh, that Connor is definitely more motivated and he's going back to his old roots, you know, of, of not being the nice guy, trying to get in Poirier's head a little bit. And he does look focused uh, to give him credit. He looks very focused on this fight. Um, he came out in the second Nate Diaz fight and looked really focused like this and looked angry. And he, he won that, you know, via decision. So I think Hardy basically is saying that Poirier is a better fighter right now, but he thinks Connor is going to come out motivated and, and land the shot he needs to. I'm sorry, I didn't write the quote down. This may come from Michael Chandler. I'll have to look it up. But basically he said the smarter fighter wins this fight. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Either one of these guys can knock you out really quick. And if you let emotions get the best of you, if you watch the Jose Aldo Connor fight where Jose got knocked out in 10 seconds, or maybe it was nine seconds, whatever, he wanted he wanted to go in there and kill him. He rushed in there and that's not what Jose does. And he got caught with that left that left hook. And uh, he wasn't playing it smart. 
and, and that's you know always going to be a regret of his. So you got to play it smart and take emotions out of the game. All right, last rapid fire question, then we'll get into predictions. We'll let Adrian go first. I've got his up here <laughs> on the screen. Is what is? Uh, I want to ask this really, really well worded. So let me, you know, take me a couple sentences to get it out to you. Both of these guys have lightning in their hands. But when you watch them throw punches, they're at completely different speeds. What does it mean to be heavy-handed like Poirier is? And what does it mean to be lightning in a bottle like Connery is? They generate power differently, but it's still power, if you understand what I'm saying. Connor is a big advocate of precision. He wants to be precise. Like if you if you were to hit yourself in the nose, you can make yourself cry and you don't even have to hit yourself that hard. I know that's a silly example, but I'm saying if you, if you pop somebody just right, you don't even have to have that much power. Like in jujitsu, if you do a choke just right or, or you land it, you're, you're not using all your muscles. You hit it just right using the right angle and you're precise. If that makes sense, I'm not trying to ramble. Yeah. Connor Connor is really good at being precise and putting it right where it needs to go to put you to sleep. Uh, you know, and he does hit hard, don't get me wrong, but he's he's precise. He puts it just right to knock you out. Um uh, if you watch like Francis Ngannou, the heavyweight champ, he's not necessarily precise, he's just powerful. And if he swings that big club, you're going to sleep whatever wherever he hits you. Land in the back of your head can knock you out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think Connor's a big advocate of precision. All right, so I'm going to apologize to everybody, and I'm going to go after the – I'll go second. (laughs) But I have been torn up by this. I I mean, not torn up. Like, I just think it's a great fight. So, our boy Adrian's prediction, either McGregor in the first or Poirier by KO in the third, leaning towards Poirier in the third, which Adrian and I are about to repeat each other's predictions. (laughs) <laughs> I originally had Poirier in the third and I, the plays out like the second fight. The way I see Connor winning this fight, I think began at the press conference. He's got to frustrate him. He's got to make him angry. He's almost got to get inside of Poirier's head because he is the better fighter. I think Connor is going to rough him up in the first round. I'm like, I expect we could see a foul of some kind and just really just nasty fight in the first round. And I think the goal is to get Poirier off his game. So I don't see it as a first round knockout. Everybody that's predicted it says his first round knockout. I think he needs to be successful, very successful in the first round. But my prediction is Conor McGregor in a second-round knockout. All right. That's cool. Um, man, this is kind of a, a coin toss, too, because uh, a lot of people are starting to you know, lean toward Conor. And uh, Poirier, I feel like Poirier deserves a lot more love. And I've, I've picked against him several times. And yes, I'm, you have. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I can't do that anymore. So I'm going to go Poirier. And I think this thing gets into the – I think it's a third-round knockout. I'm going to go with Adrian. I don't 
see this one going the full distance. If it does, it, it'll be an amazing fight. But I think there's a lot of emotion, and both these guys uh, are looking to, you know, take take the other guy out pretty quick. So, uh, but I think I think Poirier wins in the third. Uh, Poirier has been in some wars in five rounders, and that that might be the wild card that um, Connor hasn't been in two. Now he's been in five round fights as far as it being scheduled for five, but it going for five hasn't happened a lot. He went for five in the Nate Diaz second fight, and that's been a while. I think the longer this goes, I think it goes toward Poirier's favor. Like you said, you you know Connor's going to come out fired up in the first round. I see that happening. Uh, like, you know, in the Cowboy fight, he came out really fast in, in that fight and ended that thing in 40 seconds. I could see him trying to do that because the spectacular knockout gets him right back um, in the title contention. And I think he gets a title shot, whether he wins unanimous decision or knockout. But I'm going to take Poirier, and I think a third-round knockout's a good choice. So I'm going to go with Adrian on that. And I think Poirier fights Oliveira, and then Connor runs the trilogy back with Nate. And um, we'll we'll see what happens. What Adrian say there? Yeah, Poirier will not get tired. McGregor will. Yeah, and that that's true. That's been one knock on McGregor is his gas tank a few times. Uh, in the first Nate Diaz fight, he outgassed himself, and even in the second round. So I think Poirier it benefits him the longer this thing goes. So I'll give one update from the gambling side, the BetGMG, BetMGM side of the game. Overnight. Thompson became a is is it went up forty points. You can get Gilbert to Burns now at a plus one thirty five, which is a nice payoff if you just want to sprinkle some money there. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I know we didn't talk about it, but uh, we have Tia versus Greg Hardy, forty NFL player. I really like. I really uh, like two Yeah. yeah. So I really like two yeah. in that fight. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be good. That, that's going to be a fun one to watch. So, it's a good card, man. Shane O'Malley, negative 900 right now. Bet a dollar to win a dime. So, <laughs> that's probably not a good bet. I no. mean, he's just such a heavy favorite, you know. But I think he does win. But, yeah, having a bet a dollar to win a dime, that's, that's not too much fun. couple of special boosts out there. Uh, MGM has a lines boost. You can get plus 225 for the fight to end in round one. So bet a dollar, win 225. I mean, so in uh, another on uh, DraftKings right now, you can pick either fighter and get them at plus, I think it's 150. So it's a lot of attention on this fight. Uh, yeah. Last word, uh, Andrew. I yeah, man. You Adrian. We're enjoying <laughs> having you, Adrian. Yeah, also, yeah, our boy, I believe our boy, from um, Australia gave us a like a minute ago. So cool. Nice cool. to have him back again, too. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, looking forward to a great card. Uh, also, the prelims, the the main event uh, on the prelims, you could see Carlos Condit fight. And uh, he's kind of on the tail end of his career, and I like Condit a lot. So, hey, man, the prelims are good, too. Uh, it'll be on tonight, 10 o'clock Eastern time, 7 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, so ESPN Plus, obviously. Uh, it's great. A lot of implications are coming out of this. It's a, it's a huge matchup uh, for both the lightweight division and the welterweight division. So later on tonight, we'll get a clearer picture of the title picture and see what, see what happens, man. So order it. It's going to be awesome. 
I think I'm with Adrian. I think the bet of the night is go ahead and sprinkle some money on Gilbert Burns at plus 135. I, I would. Know. I like that. I, I like do that. Too. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a great fight. You can get it on the ESPN app, right? Yeah. ESPN Plus. Yeah. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, this is traditionally one of the better cards. And I've really enjoyed doing this on Saturday morning. Um, just an announcement for the program. We may, we may go to this time slot permanently, but we wouldn't be live, so it would be a little different. So, but this time slot, releasing it right before the fight, really seems like a good time to be on here, Andrew. Yeah, cool. So, appreciate everybody and join us next UFC 265. We've got the main for that, right? Yeah, yeah, the uh, 265. I believe that's going to be the interim heavyweight title fight. Um, which I don't even know why they're doing the interim title fight because, you know, Ngannou's not hurt. He's just taking a little bit of time off. But you got Derek Lewis against uh, Cyril Gagne. And then uh, Amanda Nunez is also fighting on that card, I believe. So uh, that'll be that'll be next month. The GOAT. Yeah. For Andrew Howard, for Randall Cunningham, for River City Media, for Marion Messenger, for iLogic Media, thank you for joining us. All right. Peace out, everybody.